0: Board Round, session number 21. The moment you step foot on campus as a medical student, you are gearing up for one of the biggest tests you'll ever have to take, USMLE Step 1 or Comlex Level 1. The medical school headquarters and board vitals are going to help you prepare for your first board exam with questions, pearls of information, and guidance to make sure you have what it takes to score high and match into your specialty of choice. Welcome to Board Rounds. Thank you for taking some time to join us today. We have some more great content lined up for you today, breaking down some USMLE and Comlex questions from Board Vitals Cubank. If you don't know about Board Vitals, go to boardvitals.com. And you can use the promo code board Rounds. That's all capital, all one word, board Rounds to save 15% off your purchase of a QBank. Did you know that if you are having a problem with one of the questions, there's ask a clinician on Board Vitals, where you click a button and you say, hey, I'm having an issue with this question. Or hey, I don't understand this one thing. Or hey, your answer is completely wrong. <laughs> you can say that too. And, and a physician who is assigned to that QBank will respond to you within, I think, 24 or 48 hours. So awesome access to a physician to help you through that QBank. If you are having issues with specific questions, specific content, you have the Ask a Clinician feature that's available if you get the three-month or six-month plan. Again, go to boardvitals.com. Use the promo code Rounds to save 15% off of your purchase. Let's go ahead and jump in. Say hello to Karen. Karen, back for some more board rounds. How are you doing today? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. What do we have in store today?
1: Um, Today, we have a 14-year-old with some malaise and abdominal pain. All right. An interesting case. Yeah. Some dark urine. (laughs) You ready? Yeah. Okay. A 14-year-old male is evaluated for malaise and abdominal pain. He reports passing dark urine this morning. His past medical history is significant for streptococcal pharyngitis 10 days ago, for which he received amoxicillin. Today, his vital signs are within normal limits. He's afebrile, but he does, except for an elevated blood pressure of 145 over 95 millimeters of mercury, uh, examination reveals facial edema with pronounced periorbital swelling. He has one plus pedal edema bilaterally. Abdominal exam reveals mild diffuse tenderness without rebound or guarding. Laboratory studies are unremarkable except for serum creatinine of two milligrams a deciliter. What is a common finding associated with the patient's condition? And the choices are hypovolemia, polyuria, red blood cell casts and hypokalemia.
0: Ooh. Um all right, so I know I have been pretty good with these lately. Um but this one I am I nothing is even ringing a bell on on where to go with the condition. So he's post strep. He's obviously got some sort of um what I would assume some sort of muscle breakdown like rhabdo, right? His um dark urine and serum creatinine is is elevated. So something's going on with his kidneys. Um his blood pressure's up. Maybe not rhabdo, but just something's going on with his kidneys. Um hmm. so for for me. Um, I would have to, there's just something about hypovolemia that just doesn't sound like it would be, uh, make sense. Um, red blood cell casts makes sense. Polyuria. I don't think so. So I'm between, I'm between C and D and I think I would have to go with C, but, uh, I think I'm overall confused on this presentation.
1: Well. Um, as usual good guess <laughs> but, um, i mean good thinking actually that wasn't actually a guess you thought it through and, and you eliminated the things that it most likely wasn't um, so basically the patient has sort of glomer- I mean, it has glomerulonephritis yep. and uh, that is characterized by red blood cell casts that are almost uh, pathognomonic for glomerulonephritis and post streptococcal uh, glomerulonephritis is not common, but not un- that unusual. And the history of streptococcal pharyngitis certainly should lead uh, lead us all to that conclusion. So, uh, yeah, it is basically red blo- red blood cell casts. Um, some other findings in uh, glomerulonephritis are included, like white blood cell casts, um, sterile pyuria. Materia, protein, urea, which can sometimes be in the nephrotic range, but not always. Um, And I I would say on this question, uh, you basically have to hone in on the glomerular nephritis. So, other findings in the urine sediment include granular casts and acanthocytes. Dysmorphic red blood cells are strongly associated with glomerular nephritis. The protein urea, again, is variable. And then the clinical manifestations, besides the usually a slowly progressive rise in serum creatinine include hypertension, the peripheral or periorbital edema, and sometimes hypercoagulability. Um, so I, I agree with you. Like rhabdomyolysis would have been the first thing that came to mind, but there it wasn't really an option among the choices. And I mm-hmm. think that uh, that would be the same on the boards because they're not trying to mislead you. Uh, there might be systemic manifestations of some underlying disease process that is associated with glomerulonephritis, which is you know just a group of immunologically triggered disorders that result, well, primarily, are characterized by glomerular inflammation and proliferation of glomerular tissue that damages the either the basement membrane brain, the mesangium, or the capillary endothelium. So, uh, yeah, I would say that you did great on that
0: one. Okay. And <clears throat> what about the hypovolemia that we see? So,
1: glomerular nephritis is typically associated with
0: hypervolemia.
1: Uh, and, uh, um, you know, basically, in this case, you have the proteinuria, but typically, um, you know, with the edema, that should have immediately maybe made the user figure out that it wasn't a d- disorder that was associated with hypovolemia. I mean, mm-hmm. the patient had like pedal edema and periorbital edema. Um, yeah. Similar to nephrotic syndrome. I guess it's important though in this case to mention that uh, there are three primary mechanisms of glomerular inflammation. And what distinguishes nephrotic sim- syndrome or glomerular nephritis from Nephrotic syndrome is the inflammation as a mechanism of damaging the glomerular apparatus. So the the, the um, and this might come up on the boards, but the uh, the mechanisms are either immune complex deposition, as in this case, uh, <clears throat> anti-glomerular basement membrane disease, which is associated with like uh, I think Wagner's uh, granulomatosis mm-hmm. uh, um, is. Eosinoph- is synophilic granulomatosis with polyangiitis or uh, microscopic polyangiitis. And the other mechanism is ANCA, ankyl- the antineutrophil cytoplasmic auto- an- autoantibody or small vessel vasculitis. So it, it causes damage to the glomerular filtration barrier and this results in a leakage of plasma proteins and inflammatory cells into the renal tubule. And um, again, one of the... You know, Patients may even have pulmonary edema in some cases. Uh, the hypertension results uh, from retaining salt and water. Um, yeah. Anything else you can think of?
0: I don't think so. And I think the other thing to look at is the, the other answers here, hypokalemia.
1: So hyper this guy has a rise in creatinine. Hyperkalemia is more likely and
0: you know, renal insufficiency.
1: So that would be an easy one to roll out. Yeah. And the polyuria uh, associated with, you know, maybe diabetes and ulcers, diabetic ketoacidosis, which isn't that uncommon and, uh, in an adolescent who develops like type 1 diabetes, but obviously that's not the answer. Instead, it is uh, oliguria, is basically a lot more common. Yeah. And I you know, further laboratory testing to determine the etiology. Typically, in post-reptococcal glomerulonephritis, it's self-limited, fairly mild, doesn't progress to uh, renal failure. Uh, But testing to determine the etiology in other cases, if it's long-lasting or if there's significant uh, decline in uh, glomerular filtration rate would be, of course, the CBC electrolytes be and creatinine, but a said rate is usually elevated. Serum complement levels, um, anti-neutrophil cytoplasmic autoantibodies, anti basement basement uh, membrane autoantibodies, anti-nuclear autoantibodies, and anti-double-stranded DNA. And treatment's just supportive in most cases or treatment of the underlying disorder if there is one that you can determine from, uh, from these other tests. It leaves you that way.
0: All right, so there you have it. Another great episode for you. Got one right. I don't think my luck is going to keep going much longer. I hope this was helpful for you to give you a little bit of confidence to help you learn and study while you're walking the dog or driving to school or wherever you may be. We hope to continue to give you great resources here at Meded Media, And I would love for you to share this with your classmate, share this with friends potentially who are wanting to go to medical school. We have a bunch of pre-med focused podcasts Again, at mededmedia.com. And don't forget, boardvitals.com. Use the promo code boardrounds. Save 15% off. Get that Ask a Clinician feature where you can get your questions answered by a doc. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. This is MedEd Media.